This is Dyes and Chewy X, the podcast, episode 176 for the week of May 24th, 2009. Welcome to Dies and Chubby X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and bastard. <laughs> well, it's kind of both. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Yo, yo, I hear some awesome peoples in the background. We will get to you momentarily, but I got to start over here. Less than proverbial, right, Mary? Yo, yo. Hiya. How you doing? You're back, as always. Yeah, in fact, I am always here, so you should not be starting with me. I'm nothing fancy. <laughs> Mary's just turning to the side, reading a super exciting guide. She doesn't really care what's going on. It's super exciting, that's why. All right. We have the triumphant return of the man, the myth, the legend, Julian. That is right. Hey. I'm back. Hey, dude. Long time no talk. Yeah, actually, though, it wasn't really my fault for being away. It's more like you guys have a really weird schedule going on. Yeah, yeah, things are normal again, but... uh it's all good. It's all good. You're here with us. I'm glad to have you back. Yep, that's right. And uh, we have another guest who I will introduce as Julian number two. Oh, hello. That sounds about right. <laughs> yes, that's he you. He deserves a name. <laughs> Herms from Kazantai. What's up, you? Uh, let's see. Well, a whole bunch of things. <laughs> that is Julian's exact response all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Same delivery and everything. Arms, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Um, let's see. I, well, I was just telling you this, but it wasn't recorded, but I went to Kyoto and Osaka during Golden Week, which was a few weeks back. You did so tell that was me? Fun. No, I kind of forgot. It was kind of a last-minute thing, because I was hey. in Kyoto. Because uh. the plan was to go to Kyoto, and they're like, well, I might as well go to Osaka. It's just, like, one train away, so... I don't, know, I don't know why, but I found it amusing that in Osaka, they have signs written in Osaka-ben, which I guess <laughs> would be logical. But That's hilarious. I, I took a picture of it, too. Anyway, so, and then I've been picking up old issues of Jump from oh, I read about this. Oh, you got the issue with Pitadin in it. Yes. And then I've got one, the ones with the Toyama one-shot bubble of Majin Village, which hasn't been reprinted so far in any like Toriyama one-shot collection. And then I also got the three, the three issues that had the three chapters of Toki Mecha, which also hasn't been reprinted. Man, you're all over the place with this stuff. Yes. The problem with these, like these old jump issues, is that they're absurdly cheap, but they take up a lot of space. Yeah, it's true. So. Well, hey, I, I do want to say, and I mentioned this to Heath and lots of other people, mentioned it on the show, uh, you were banned from the podcast until you got a better microphone, so I'm excited to hear you get a better microphone. <laughs> yeah, because the previous microphone I got, I got literally because it was the cheapest available. <laughs> because this was when, like, I bought the same microphone for myself and my mother and my father, just so we could all keep in touch when I was in Japan. Right, right. But it kind of... Like, if it, if the microphone got struck by elementary particles, that caused it to make <laughs> static noises. Well, it's good to have you in a uh, kind of almost normal-sounding Julian tone, which is very strange to have you both like this, but I love it. Yes. So I'm almost <laughs> normal. All right. Well, let us talk about this episode. we got a lot of cool stuff. It's going to be a very super exciting episode. Come on, had to do it. Had oh to boy. do it. Uh, we are going to start it off, the way we've been doing the last two episodes, is we have exclusive tunes for you because we're awesome people and awesome people across the world. Send us free music that they want to share with you. So, Mary, you'll remember last week we played the New Age version of Chala Head Chala that VTech from Spain did. And it was super relaxing. It was super awesome. We have another track from VTech this week, 
And uh, I actually haven't played it for you, Mary. So I'm going to do some podcasting magic where I insert it later and you'll have not heard it. So you can't even respond to it. But maybe I'll say what it was or is or how how good it was. So let me introduce all of you to a track that we're not about to hear, but you all are. This is simply called DBZ's Boo Saga Theme. This is also from VTech from the same anime music experience CD from 05. So here you go. VTech, take it away.
very relaxing, wasn't it, guys? I guess. I, I'm <laughs> falling asleep right now. Could you at least, like, hum it or something? No, no I will do no such thing. Mm-hmm. I'll send mm-hmm. it to you afterwards. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was the uh, the last of the two tracks that VTech sent along to us. Very, very grateful for that. Much appreciated. Next week, we're going to kick it off with some uh, other interesting things, something from someone over here in the U.S. in a capacity that you wouldn't think we would ever be interested in. That's all I'm going to share with you. So uh, cool. with the tune of the week out of the way, anyone get any stuff they want to mention? Anything cool going on? Julian, what about you? We haven't heard from you. You're making Gundams. Oh, yeah. Well, it's an interesting story. You see, uh, earlier this month, a few high school students who'd been visiting over in Canada came back and brought uh, a certain influenza A subtype H1N1 with them. And so uh, it's quickly spread through the high school system in Osaka and around Kobe. So both Hyogo and Osaka prefectures ordered their schools to close for a week. Excellent. But with the proviso that the teachers still had to go in and plan and figure out what the hell they were going to do with midterms that are coming up. So I had to sit there and not do much of anything. So on my lunch break on Monday, I went down to Midori Denka and I bought a Gundam model kit. And that's what you did at school this week. Basically. Well, actually, I finished it by Wednesday, but I planned on painting it Thursday and Friday, only to be told by the art teacher that the last guy took the airbrush with him when he left. Ah. So, yeah. Uh, let me go. Mary, you got any random stuff going on you want to throw um, in here? Let's see. Um, not really. Okay. It's been a fairly eh, week. All right, fair enough. Herms, you got any last-minute stuff you want to throw in? I'm playing Mario & Luigi RPG 3 on the Nintendo DS. Ah, excellent. How is it? Which is pretty good. It's not available in America, so I have to I have to beat it before it comes out in America so it can still be cool. Hey, you actually just played through a different game. You played through Saiya Jinraishu. Oh, yeah. Hey, how also, was it? It was pretty good. Let's see... Your entire report on the game can be found on our forum, including something about smothering feces. <laughs> oh yeah, because there's a one of the they have a lot of um, like added in side quests in that game, and one of the things is that as Goku, you go down to hell, and well, uh, previously in the game, Raditz's soul had been rampaging through hell and breaking the uh, Insei trees, which are those trees that Goku stole one of the fruits from him when he was in hell in the anime filler. Right. And so, for a later mission, you have to go regrow them, and you do this by rubbing on this broken stubs, which is essentially bubbles poop. Um, <laughs> wow. Good old-fashioned fertilizer. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> I think you made this comment on the forum that it's uh, pretty intriguing how a lot of the side quest missions in the game are based on filler from the TV series, which was cut out of Kai, and the game is branded yeah. under Kai. Uh, of course, it was originally just like DBZ story right, or some exactly. such thing. So. Well, it's interesting, I mean, though. I mean, this past episode of Kai actually had Gregory in it. In yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, Heath said this, and I totally agree with it, is that uh, later shots in the series where Gregory's just hanging out in the background would have been too much trouble to edit him out of there, so you might as well just show him now and just deal with it later on. Just oh, deal enough. with it. Yeah. All right, well, cool stuff. So with the stuff out of the way, it was wonderful, but we have news to cover, so let's hit it. Speaking of video games, we got video game news for you. We told you way back in February, because our podcast host, God of Chaos, is an awesome guy, that there is a new game for the Wii on its way, and it would probably take place sometime around the Red Ribbon Army arc. And then last week, we told you about Namka Bandai's fiscal report, noting that there is a new PS3 360 game on the way. Wouldn't you know, this week we learned all about both, or at least we got the title and maybe some genres for them. First one up on the Wii is Tenkaichi Daiboken. Julian... 
very familiar words here. Why don't you break them down for us? Okay. Tenkaichi means the greatest under heaven. Ten meaning heaven. Ka under ichi, one. And then daivoken, great adventure. Now, this seems to be kind of a mishmash of Tenkaichi Budokai and Makafushiki Daivoken, the former being the martial arts tournament in the Dragon Ball world and the latter being the title song of Dragon Ball, the anime series. Excellent. So with the title out of the way, we know it's going to be a great adventure involving Dragon Ball, and it does appear to be that. Some sort of side-scrolling action game spanning the Dragon Ball series. We've definitely seen the Red Ribbon Army and Piccolo Daimo in there, and Goku is skiing. So I am all about this game. Any thoughts? Why does he ski? Ever. I don't know, but like Herms just said, there's in the, the bear. <laughs> yes, yes, he's here. It's a first. Game. It's a brand new, fresh mini game. First time for everything. Yeah, the, the bear is there, and oh, it's excellent. Looking forward to it. Uh, all we know really is a title, and we sorta can tell what kind of genre it is. The screenshots look really nice for a Wii game, but we don't know anything about uh, the motion of the cutscenes or anything. But I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. So the other thing we got is the new PS3 360 game. This title is written in English, I suppose you would say like uh, some of the previous ones have been. We've had the Sparking series, Sparking, Sparking Neo, Sparking Meteor. This is Dragon Ball Raging Blast, and it does appear to be a new game in the Sparking series, despite losing the Sparking name from it. It uh, looks like an over-the-shoulder, kind of fighting, big-world action game, not a traditional on a 2D field. Uh, nice character models. People are complaining about some of the textures. They look a little low-res, but some early screenshots. Uh, Mary, I'm going to go over to you. Uh, sparking games, you cared so much less and less and less and less. Yeah, I, I can't even say I even remember what they look like or play like <laughs> okay, then. at all. But um, yeah, this is already far exceeding the number of video games I thought would come out this year. I, I know. I'd have it's to go a little back scary. And check our predictions. I didn't think there were going to be many games. I th- I think I said that there were, we knew about Raishu and uh, the Evolution game. And I think my prediction was that we'd have a uh, Burst Limit 2. Well, Burst Limit 2 is nowhere to be seen here. And we instead end up with two new console games, one on uh, kind of last generation hardware and one on uh, new current generation hardware. Very interesting. Julian, how about you? Any interest in either of these two? I don't think you have anything more up to date than a DS, though. Yeah, that's right. Well, I have a DS Lite. Yes. I do not have a DSi, so these are completely irrelevant to me, but I don't know. They look pretty. I guess that's enough. When I go to SoftMap, I can stare at the display and be in awe. <laughs> Excellent. Herman, what about you? Any interest in these two? Can you pick either of them up? Uh, the Wii one looks kind of interesting, but I think with the PlayStation 3 one, I think they're running out of titles. <laughs> I know, Raging Blast is <laughs> like kind a of a bunch. hilarious title here. <laughs> Just getting grabbing words out of a Scrabble bag and yes. putting them together. Dragon Ball Z, Pickled Herring. <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's a fantastic title. I think that's what the sequel should be called. Manly Fisticuffs. So that's basically all there is right now. There's kind of vague release dates. Uh, I know we're looking at quarter two for uh, Raging Blast and maybe sometime like summer, I think, for uh, the Wii game. Nothing really concrete, so we'll keep you up to date. It's really funny. I occasionally will listen to a, an older episode or look at some older updates where we're learning about, for example, the characters in Sparking Neo, and it's really interesting to look back at the excitement over those characters or lack of excitement over some of those characters, and, and then we 
we get to Meteor with 150 characters, I think, again, in five years, it'll be interesting to look back at these games and say, why were we excited over these shit things? Ah, whatever. It made sense at the time, It did, it, it did. We'll leave the video games behind. We'll move on to uh, Evolution. We have some information on the home releases. The Japanese release is actually coming first on July 24th. There's going to be a DVD, a Blu-ray, and a limited edition Blu-ray, which itself also includes the DVD. There's going to be huh. 3,990 yen for the DVD and both versions of the Blu-ray. Very interesting, uh, since one's a limited edition, has an extra uh, 4,990 yen a pop on those. Then over here in the U.S., we've got it on July 28th, so just a couple days Holy later. Holy crap, that was fast. It sure was. DVD and Blu-ray. DVD is 29.98. The Blu-ray is 39.98. Uh, as we get to releases over the next month or so, we'll give you some places to get them a little cheaper than that, obviously. Now, can I speak... I guess put words in your mouth. You certainly can. So I know um, we're actually looking to buy this monstrosity. Yes. But for practical purposes, <laughs> to give it like a, a very thorough review, unlike you know, I guess our somewhat casual group review, uh-huh. um, if we were and we are going to get the home release, yes. were you planning on doing like a a very critical, not critical as in negative, but critical as in in-depth, scene-by-scene, analyzing kind of review? I'm not quite sure how I want to handle it yet. I'm definitely going to do a written review on the site when we have you know the full home release in. And I think that'll give me uh, an outlet to really get in-depth. You know, when you're talking about it, you, you get off on tangents. You can't really go back and edit things in the way you want to do it. We will definitely take another look at it on the home release. Uh, and Julian, I know you mentioned when you come back to the U.S., though it may not be until uh, the winter holiday December. season. Yeah, you want to do an MST3K uh, commentary track on it. You're gonna come uh, up and stay with us hilarious. for a weekend, so that'll be excellent. Good deal. So, uh, oh, also speaking of the home release here in America, God of Chaos mentioned him earlier. Our podcast host, who we love and adore, even though he's kind of a jackass, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> he uh, got word that Fox is going to be calling at least some version of the home release the Z edition of the movie. <laughs> Though he did wow. get a screener of it, checked it out, there was no extra footage in the movie itself. Now, that doesn't include you know deleted scenes and extra commentaries and all that kind of stuff. It's very interesting that Fox is going to be marketing it under something with a Z, at least in some capacity. We don't really know the final details on it yet. Anyone have any thoughts on that debacle? I guess that means any thoughts of a sequel and calling it Z are probably out the window. Well, I wouldn't say they're out the window, but very conflicting, at least. Strange. What about you guys? You're over in Japan. Is there any excitement for the uh, home release? What do you think? Oh, I don't know. They seem to get some amount of interest, although it doesn't bother me too much since I don't have anything that I can play them with, you know. They should make a DB Evolution Kai release where they just cut out like most of the movie. <laughs> it's already a Kai release. They need to add some back into it to make sense. Oh, okay. I guess that would be the Z edition, but they messed that up. All right, so uh, I well, think... I need a Blu-ray player anyway, but I don't want to buy this movie to justify it. <laughs> yes, you do. You want to get a PS3, then you can pick up Raging Blast, and you can pick up Evolution. You'll be all set. Oh, dear. And you can review games with me. It'll be fantastic. Okay. All right. I think that's the news. So with that out of the way, let's turn it over to our super exciting topic. 
Okay, so we've got our two Japanese folks, and by Japanese, I mean the white guys that happen to be over in Japan. Talk to us about the new super exciting guides. Herms, you really broke these down. You got them in. You're going through everything, pulling out all sorts yeah. of information. Julian, have you picked them up yet yourself? I uh, keep forgetting. Okay, so not that big of a priority for you. Okay, it's fair enough. I see how it is. Now, there is a lot of recycled information in these, and we will talk about that. Though there is some new information. Uh, they're pretty cheap as well. I think they're around like seven, eight bucks. So there's the story volume, which came out on March 4th of this year, and there's the character volume, which came out on April 3rd. So Herms, I'm really going to let you kind of take control of the conversation, go through whatever you want to <laughs> go through. <laughs> I know. Constantine's taking over the podcast ever so slowly. So where would you like to start with... Uh, these super exciting guides. Well, first off, they're 600 yen each. So that's like $6, basically, give or take. And and I guess I should note also that it was really Greg Warner who first started posting on the story volume and giving a little rundown of its contents. Ah, that's true, yeah. Over on the forums. I, I love how Greg randomly pops up with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, after all these years. <laughs> He's still kicking. He gets excited every once in a while. I don't think he found this one too exciting, though. <laughs> no, no. Or at least the story volume. I think the character volume is much more exciting. But we're getting to that. Okay, so fundamentally... These are two volumes that are about the same size as the GT Perfect files. So they're way, way smaller than the Daisenshu, and about they're kind of comparable in size to a Tonkoban volume. Yeah, I'd say, you know, I'm looking at them over on the shelf there. Maybe a little taller and the thinner, but, you know, they fit in pretty yeah, well with the rest there. of the books. 95 pages. And. Basically, kind of what you said, these are, I'd say, mostly either things that are recycled from the Daisenshu, or they're just kind of basic stuff that's, like, you don't need, it's like just things we've seen a million times before, like just summaries of who the characters are. Yeah, I, I'd almost say there's something like the Kodochan packs for the CDs, where, you know, it's a cheap repackaging of existing, in this case, information rather than music. Though there are a couple of new things added, so it makes them at least halfway yeah. interesting. I don't know, do you want to just focus on the new things, or kind of go through them as a whole? Well, give me a brief recap of some of the things that are recycled material. Like some, they might not be that interesting, but they're at least in here. Okay. Well, they have at the, at the start of the story volume, they have a very short recap of the entire story of the manga. Like, I think they divide it into, they divide it into five parts, and each part gets like a page or two. And then they have a um, section on all of the major battles, again, that like, Goku has, and that's kind of a, it's similar to the section in Daisenshu 2, like the final battle section. Right, right. Like, it lists who he fights against, and like, what volume and what chapter. But one of the differences, though, is they use the Kanzenban volume. Whereas with the Daisenshu, they just use the Tonkopan volume because that's all that was out at the time. Gotcha. Okay. So they're using the Kanzenban kind of as the basis for the information here. Yeah. Okay. And they're, they're similar to the Landmark and Forever guidebooks that came out a few years ago in that respect. Right. So I guess the Kanzenban have kind of become the basic like unit of reference, however you'd want to phrase that. No, I thought the same thing until we got that re-release with the new covers now. And so they kind of... Yeah, that with the... T- Really Tonkopan. weird. They can't decide. <laughs> I know. They don't know what to do. You know, whatever they do, they'll make more money off it. So I guess they're in the right. Yeah. Have to catch up to One Piece again. <laughs> exactly. They have a friendship section. This is still in the story volume. This is actually kind of, this is a new thing. Like, it's not really directly equivalent to anything in the Daisenshu or any other guide. And it just lists, like, Goku's relationships with, like, his most important friendships. And by most important, they mean pretty much all of them. <laughs> Like, they have his relationship with Mr. Scene. Excellent. Because they spoke all of, what, like, three times in the series? 
he uh, Goku called Satan Earth's true savior. <laughs> he would do that. Which probably one of the major reasons Satan gets his name changed. <laughs> um, anyway, so they have Bulma, Kamisan, and Chichi, Yamcha, Krillin, Shin, Shin, Han, Yajirobe, Piccolo, Son Gohan, Vegeta, Trunks, Son Golden, and Mr. Satan. Right. So it lists his sons as his friends, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> One interesting thing they have there, though, is that for each of the people, they list like what they, how they call Goku. Like for Bulma, it's Son Kun. Ah, excellent! All those things, like Vegeta, Kakarot. So, who was it that was saying that maybe it was you, Julian? That Japanese sites do a full breakdown of this, and it's really interesting. Yeah, they make like a chart where they have names lined up in a row, and then the same names down the side, and where they meet, they put what one character calls the other. Kind of interesting. I love it. Very yeah. nice. This whole guy, though, it's very Goku-centric. Like, it's his friendships, his training, his battles, all that stuff. It's no focus on any other character. Like, there's more emphasis in this story volume on Goku than on the actual story. <laughs> Like, they could have just called it the Goku volume, but it would have made much more sense. This is something that a lot of fans criticize uh, Toei and maybe even Shueisha on, is really focusing just on Goku himself. And he, there's a ton of other characters, ton of other story points, but they continue to do that. I don't know if it's just convenient to use Goku as the basis to go in all these directions, but it's what they've been doing, especially as of late. Yeah. I mean, like, if you get to the Daizenshu, like, I know Daizenshu too, it has this, it doesn't really do that. It covers all of the characters. Right. Like, it has that whole growing up section with everyone. I love that part, yeah. And then, okay, moving on, we have the Dragon Ball Day Choto Sobo. Let's play a bit with Dragon Ball section, which is this kind of grab bag miscellaneous, like, kid activity kind of things. Like, there's a maze you do. There's a mirror image spot the difference panel. There's, Ooh. like, characters' names in um, Chinese, because it has, like, oolong, the kanji for, you'd write, you'd used to write the nit name of the T in Chinese, things like that. See, it then scattered throughout the story volume are four um, super, or just exciting columns. I guess these aren't exciting enough to be super exciting. <laughs> okay. But one of them is on items, so it has the Nioibo, the Senzu, Dragon Radar, and Kintoan. And then on page 42, it has a chart of all of Goku's battles from throughout the series, and it's like listed, like, which he broken down, like, one mark is, like, I can't remember, so it's like a black mark if he won, a white mark if he lost, then an X if it, like, was undetermined, like if it was a draw or something. Gotcha. And this is basically... It's in Daisenshu 2, they have a list of all the battles, period. Right. And this seems pretty much based on that, only they take out everyone except Goku. <laughs> okay. So again, it's like the very narrow focus. Well, this is, although this has always been something I've kind of wanted to do with that list from Daisenshu 2, is just sort it out by character. Yeah, there's a lot of information there, and it seems like there's a lot you can do with it in, in each of these books. It's almost very basic what they do, but I guess if you're making a short book like this, it's all you're going to do with it. Yeah, and then they have a list, they basically a reprint of the Daisenshu 7 power level chart. Oh my goodness, they're still going with this. <laughs> Same one. Again, this chart is essentially focuses on Goku's battle power from throughout like the beginning of the story till he becomes a Super Saiyan on Namek. And in Daisenshu 7, it says, after that, it's impossible possible to calculate his battle power, which is advice, like, people tend to ignore that. <laughs> I'm totally with them on this. <laughs> on ignoring it or going with it? Uh, ignoring it. Wait, oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> ignoring so, it and not bothering to try to calculate. Okay. There you go. Anyways, so, 
like exactly the same thing as in Daisenshu Seven, and they also trend or they reprinted this in Dragon Ball Forever, and so this is essentially the third time it's been reprinted. Oh, all right. So to move on into kind of the things that are newer to this volume, they have like probably the main thing. The two main things are the interview with Toriyama in the back, and then they have this training section in kind of the middle. And this training section it says it's based on data supervised by Toriyama, whatever that means. Like, I don't know, what does it mean by supervise? Like, was he really involved in it? Is he, like, looking over everything, making sure there's mistakes? Or was he just kind of in the room at the time playing <laughs> video games? I, I know, it's not very helpful. You have a lot of people, especially with power levels and that kind of stuff, trying to prove things any which way by saying, oh, Toriyama wrote these books, or he helped write them, or he supervised this. Well, what does that even mean? And we continue to have no real information on it. So, what this is, it's very much like an RPG kind of thing, really. And that it breaks down um, Goku's training throughout this series, and for each, like, the things he does with under Kame-senen, or under Karin, or under Kami, or Kaio, and in the spaceship, Room of Spirit of Time, all that stuff. And for each of those things, it breaks it down to, like, the different parts of the training, and then how much that training, what stats that training affected, and, like, how much... So, like, with Kame Senen, it has, like, him delivering milk. Like, it's subdivided into him delivering milk, him uh, swimming across the lake with the sharks, dodging bees, all that stuff. So, does it break down to things like speed and strength? And Yeah, it's okay. got, let me see, uh, power, speed, stamina, and ki. Okay. And it'll have, like, for the milk delivery thing, it'll say, like, uh, power one. It... it ranks it by stars. So it's essentially it says it adds one star of power and one star of stamina. Gotcha. And then there's like, I don't know, for each training there's multiple menus it calls them. And so like the milk things one menu, bee things another. And so then it adds them up and it plots them on this chart. Okay, so like this is one of those things where it's like, if you look at it, it take two seconds to understand, but it takes a whole lot to explain it without pictures. Yeah, I actually asked Mary, she was looking at it, to hand it over to me so I can figure out what you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, it's, okay, so it's this. Here, I'll describe it for you. It looks something like, in the DDR games, in addition to the feet that describes the, the level of it, you know, when it would have the little points of the stars to show, you know, how difficult the jumps are going to be, or how difficult you know, the, the speed of the song is going to be, so. All my DDR fans out there know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I know what else it looks like, Mary. It looks like the uh, Everybody Vote channel, where it shows yeah, what, what yeah. your knowledge or experience or whatever is. There you go. Okay, so it's basically a square in a circle. And the more, like, one stat gets, the bigger, the longer that side will become. And so... Oh, one of those. Okay. <laughs> it took us long enough, and now Julian knows what we're talking about. Okay, and then for, like, it'll have this portion in the middle, like, this white portion that indicates how, like, his status before he did the training, and then around that it'll show, like, how much he improved, basically. It's very complicated to show very simple information. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't know how good a thing that is, but right. it kind of looks nice. It does, it does. Flushes out the page of it. <laughs> the thing about this is that by the end of it, like, Goku's stats have just completely surpassed the limits of the circle. Excellent. Like, it's just... And his keys... His key becomes wildly disproportionate to everything else. <laughs> okay. It starts out like this circle, representing his power, and then it becomes like this arrow, practically, because his key is, like, twice as big as everything else. That is kind of the thing with this, is that, you know, it's kind of neat, and, you know, they have charts and everything, and it's very elaborate, but it's like, what does it mean? Like, in the end, what can you use this information to prove, or... 
establish or learn. It doesn't really give you any additional conversation points. It just visually displays, yes, Goku got stronger over the course of the series. Yeah. Although I do like saying, like, you know, people are always asking, like, oh, how fast are they? Or stuff like that. And so you, <laughs> you can, can now show say, a like, he's this fast. He's 39 stars. <laughs> how much is that? I don't know how, what that means, but there you go. Excellent. Anyway, so moving on, we have the Toriyama interview. And so this is like, this is pretty long. It's several pages. I think it's like seven or eight. And this is, it's more of a question and answer session than really an interview. Because, like, compared to the Daisenshu interviews, those were more like actual conversations. Right. Whereas this is like, they ask this one question, he answers it, and then they ask this completely unrelated question, he answers it, and then they move on like that. So they probably weren't even in the same room. They just give him a list of questions and he answers them. Yeah. He might have even just come up with a list of questions himself, maybe. I don't <laughs> That's know. too much effort. I don't see him doing that. But so, I mean, it's very similar to those Q&A corners in the early volumes of the manga. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Or like uh, SBS in One Piece. If that helps anyone. A lot of this is, again, things he's said in other places. But, like, at, it starts out, he recounts, like, how he came up with the idea for the series. You know, it's based on Journey to the West. Originally, he was going to have Goku just be a flat-out monkey. Right. And then he went from just a kid, and then finally he kind of combined them into a kid with a monkey tail. Ta-da. Ta-da. You got monkey on my kid. You got kid on my monkey. <laughs> oh, not bad. Um... He's great. <laughs> okay, what the okay. Um then okay, then it asks him about um like how he came up with Super Saiyan. And he actually already answered this or we got this story indirectly originally from the Daisen Shu two Shenlong Times. I think it was Daisen Shu one actually, but his editors are talking and they were saying like, you know, I asked him this one time, like in Doctor Slump, all the backgrounds are just these hills, these round hills with trees. And I asked him, like, why do you always draw these backgrounds? I was like, Well, that's the easiest. <laughs> that's my story. His other editor said, like, yeah, I can believe that. Like I asked him, like, why is Super Sign, why is the hair uh, yellow or blonde or whatever? And he said, Well, if it's like that, I don't have to black it in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Whatever he does, he just does it to make it easier on himself. I love it. Pretty much. Or, well, that was the original story, and how he explains it here in the super exciting guide is that he actually did it to make things easier for his assistant. Well, they're the ones who usually do the inking, I think. Right. Yeah. So he's being the nice guy. I'm trying to look up the name of his assistant. Where the heck? Matsuyama. Okay. And so okay. Matsuyama was, it says it. It was actually his assist, his only assistant. Like most manga artists have, like more than one, but he had just this one, and he worked for him all the way back in Doctor Slump times. Like, there's actually a chapter in Doctor Slump where Toriyama introduces this guy. Wow! All right, then. So he's been around for a while. Yeah, and he does. He even figures a few more times in Doctor Slump as kind of Toriyama's sidekick whenever Toriyama inserts himself into the story. Right, which is often enough. He points out a lot of the contradictions, and Toriyama's like, oh, "Be quiet." <laughs> So he did this essentially to help his assistant out so that his assistant wouldn't have to blacken Goku's hair all the time. And also, like, it's two birds with one stone. One, it's easier. And the other thing is that it's a really simple way to show that Goku has changed in some way. Right. Just, oh, his hair's a different color. It's kind of like with lunch. Oh, true. So, yeah, I guess he's 
done that before. A lot of people look to that as kind of a prototype of the Super Saiyan transformation. And then uh, some more battle power things, too. Like he mentions, going off of that, he says that in all these guys, like since Daizun Shu 7, I believe, it's been said that as, as a Super Saiyan, Goku is 50 times more powerful than he is normally. And Toriyama says, like, well, you know, when he's drawing it, he was thinking, ah, it's probably just 10 times stronger, something like that. And then, but the thing is, if you, like, think through the logic of that... Or should we get into this? It's really complicated. No, I, I don't think we pointless. should bother. It, it may be a topic in a future podcast, but it's so beyond my realm of wanting to understand. I don't know that I can make an interesting podcast episode on it because I would just <laughs> get bored and wander off myself. Yeah, it's about math. <laughs> exactly. I don't want math in my Dragon Ball. I want people hitting each other. All right, moving on. <laughs> Is there anything else new of interest in this volume? Oh, he says he's afraid of heights, Toriyama. All right, that's something. We'll learn a little bit about the author. <laughs> like, he wouldn't want to... Cl- that's what he, he's saying. He, oh, he wouldn't want to climb Karin Tower, because he's afraid of heights. And his favorite fight is Goku versus Piccolo Daimao, because that kind of cemented... He kind of cemented how the story, kind of, it, this future story arcs, they all followed that basic pattern. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. It makes sense. All right, well, why don't you tell us about the new information in the other book as well, because there's some good tidbits Yay. in here. Okay. So now, like I know Greg was saying when he was reviewing this, like this is about as the first volume. He's saying this is about as exciting as a lecture on metaphysics, <laughs> unless you really like metaphysics. In which case, it's like it's as exciting as a lecture on something besides metaphysics, <laughs> right? But I think in the second volume we get a lot more interesting new information. And so this is the character volume. And so true to its name, it starts out with an like little two to one page bios on each of the characters. And these aren't even so much bios; they're like just random bits of information about the characters. It's not as organized as in Daisenshu 7, where it's like in order list, their first appearance, like who they are, right, right. like who their fights, all that stuff. It's just stuff splattered around the page with cool looking pictures around it. But so for each character, it has a little personal data box where it lists their race, their height, their weight, the year they were born, their hobbies, their favorite food, and their favorite vehicle. My hobbies are reading and sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it says that this information was supervised by Toriyama. Ah, there's that word so again. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because, like, looking through this, like, it... For the well, for one thing, the with one exception, all the birth years they listed are just the same years as have been previously given, like in Dyson's Shoe Seven and whatnot. Right. And all the weights too, like heights and weights are all the heights and weights that have previously been given are consistent. Well, that's good. At least like Dyson, but they're really weird. Like appropriate heights, but they weigh yeah. absolutely tiny amounts for how muscular they are. <laughs> yeah, that's what some people were saying on the forum. Although it's kind of interesting, considering like it doesn't match how they look in the series, but if you look at like the co- like the cover of this volume, recently Toriyama's art style has he's gotten to draw in everyone incredibly skinny. Oh yeah, they're very skinny and very short. So I wonder if that's like I don't know, like these heights and weights reflect how we always pictured them, but only started drawing them recently or something. Maybe, maybe. I don't kind know. Dyson Shu Seven. A lot of the heights and weights are new information because Dyson Shu Seven actually doesn't give them for too many people, and so it also. I like the favorite foods in here. I think Trunks is what, like bento? Oh, yes. The, well, convenience store bento specifically. Oh, okay. Bento is not because, a food. It's a container for food. Well, I, I know, but I'm simplifying it. 
Well, maybe he eats the box. Maybe he does. It's very true. He, he eats everything. He's an alien, <laughs> half alien. In the future, there's not much left, so you got to eat the box. Well, that's what it says. Like, there's a little box explaining this. It says, like, the reason his favorite food is bento is because in the future, you know, androids destroying everything. Bulma doesn't really have time to cook. There's not many resources, and so he's basically stuck eating out of vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they have convenience stores. Totally doors? makes sense. Trunks is just a latchkey kid in the future. <laughs> I love it. Apparently, convenience stores survive the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other funny tidbits, or is that the best one in there? Yeah, what's Vegeta's favorite food? It's, it says he doesn't have any likes or dislikes. <laughs> Same thing with Gohan and uh, Vegeta, or Gohan and Goku. But it says Goten's favorite food is Pucky. Ah, all right then. A Pucky. Wasn't there a cover that shows him with this somewhere? Yeah, I think on 37, 38, maybe. Oh, nice. I wonder if that's where they got it from. Probably. And, like, Bulma's favorite food is strawberries. Ah. And, like, if you remember in the first volume, she says originally she was going to use the Dragon Balls to wish for as much strawberries as she could eat. But then she's like, ah, just get a boyfriend Right, instead. right. So that's a good little nod there. <laughs> and then with um, Tin Shinhan's favorite food... It's Gyoza, which is <laughs> where Chaozu is named after. Right, and then right. Chaozu's favorite food is Tenshindan, which uh, I'm pretty sure I believe is another name <laughs> for Tenshinhan. So we're back, and Julian was sounding all weirdly robotic, as you might have heard. And in the meantime, we've uh, we've gained Heath. Sorry. Hello. Hey, dude, what's up? Not Heath much. was stuck in Julian's throat. <laughs> I know, he climbed it, out. It's all good now. I, I, I ate him yesterday. Unfortunately, it didn't sit well with me, so I <laughs> that did not feel up. good. All right, so we were talking about Tenshin Han and Chaozu are each other's favorite foods. Just try not to think about the subtext. Okay. <laughs> what what else you got in this book for new information? Well, another thing with Tenshin Han is it says his hobby is playing volleyball with Chaozu, <laughs> and explains that that's how he came up with the volleyball attack. I wonder if Chaozu is the ball. I don't know. <laughs> That just try not to think about that either. All right, let's move away from these two characters. What else you got in this book? Um, let's see. Oh, it gives a name for the like spaceships that Frieza and his men use. Oh, right. Like it says, like for Vegeta's favorite vehicle, it says an attack ball. And then later on in the volume, when it's listing like cyan technology, it calls them attack balls too. So, don't believe that name's ever been used before. No, no, that was all new. Interesting. For Gohan's hobbies, it mentions fishing. And you know, there's that part before Goku fights Vegeta, he says, like, oh, after this, I'm going to take you fishing. And then years later, for the Cell <laughs> games, he actually does. Right, right. <laughs> he finally remembered. <laughs> He's such a great father. And that's probably about it. Throughout the rest of the book, I know there's lots of other information there. Yes, let's move on. You know, it just gives a little bit, has pages like that for the villains, but doesn't have the personal data boxes. So we don't get to learn what Frieza's hobby is. Just killing? killing. <laughs> Taking over the universe? <laughs> then it gives a little, like, there's a section on sub-characters. It's like the, f so it's just like these little paragraph-long bios for them. And the format is like almost exactly the same, like, same page design as in uh, Dragon Ball Landmark. Or no, Forever. Like, as the character guide there. Right, right. I remember that one, yeah. After that, it's like a whole bunch of things from Daisenshu 4, basically. Like the explanation for the Dragon Balls, the explanation on like the cosmos, the explanation on like the different races, and it has a chart actually explaining like um, how Frieza, his organization, a little bit. Like it says, essentially there are planets he attacks, and he just 
you know, he, he and his men, they wipe out everyone there, and then they just sell it. And then separate from that are the planets he rules. And I guess he doesn't destroy those, but his, that's where he gets his men from. Gotcha. And we know he has at least 79 of those, I suppose. Yeah. Well, in the Toriyama interview in the back, like, kind of getting ahead, it says he thinks, like, Frieza rules, like, hundreds of planets or some such thing. Oh, all right. So, cool. I guess he just doesn't name all of them after himself. <laughs> right, right. So that would be kind of confusing. For the god thing... This is a chart with all the, explaining the whole deity hierarchy, and it's also pretty much exactly the same as in Daizenshu 4, and a little bit from, like, Daizenshu 7. Like, the explanation is that the Kaio rule over, like, the universe is divided into four galaxies, and the Kaio rule over those, and then the Kaioshin rule over both the universe and the afterlife. So that's kind of, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, well, what's the point of having the Kaioshin if the Kaio already rule the whole universe collectively? Right, right. And so one of the things is that they rule the afterlife, too. Is that new information, or is that also from the Daizenshu? That was from Daizenshu 7. Okay. But it is interesting to see it uh, kind of, you know, repeated. Right, right. Yeah, it, I think it's actually good to have some stuff repeated, because then it does solidify it as kind of accurate yeah. information. Oh, that was another thing I forgot to mention. is like, for the races, for Tenshinhan, it doesn't doesn't mention the alien thing from Daizenshu 4 and 7. Oh, all right. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't flat out say, like, oh, that was crap, but it doesn't mention it at all, so... Right, you figure if they were going to keep everything else consistent, you might throw that into, but... Oh, so well. it's like another page for the debate. But, well, it lists him as an Earthling, which is actually what Daisenshu 4 does, too, but it just says he's an Earthling with alien, distant alien ancestry. Right, I think we've talked about this, the difference between a Chikyujin and, you know, an Earthling and, and an alien and everyone, what's a human? Yeah, there's actually, like, all... Like, not all humans are Earthlings and not all Earthlings are humans. But there's a good deal crossover. Yes, because there's like people like Oolong who are a Dobutsugata Ningen, or yeah, Dobutsugata Shkujin, like animal type earthlings. Right, right. Then it has a technique guide which is also really similar to Daisenshu 4 and that's divided up into like the nature of the technique. Like it has all the beams, basically, all the key attacks in one place, then like all the things where it's like, all the key attacks where the key is made into some shape, right? Like the gotcha. key ends on. Right, right. Or the donut thing Gotenks has, etc. Donut. Don't eat these donuts, though. They melt your jaw. <laughs> then physical attacks, blah, blah. Anyway. So then, finally, we get to the Toriyama interview in the back. And this is basically the same format as the one in the previous volume. And so, the first question is on how he comes up with name pun theme. Or, not schemes, I guess? You mean, like, for families, where all the underwear, yeah. all the vegetables? And he says, well, you know, it's really hard thinking up all the names for all these different characters, so if I just group them and then say, like, all the people in this group, you know, similar naming scheme, then it's simple. And so, you know, science, obviously vegetables. Like, um, all of the, uh, the, well, the Ginyo and his men, they're all dairy products, and then, aside from them, all the evil aliens are named after fruit. Right. Which I don't think gets mentioned. I don't think that's as well-known as the others. No, but it's true. I mean, we have Apul, my favorite character of all time. So. Apul, Zarbon from Pomelo, Dodoria from... Blueberry, Dodoria. Raspberry. Yeah. And then, ultimately, he says, like, the logic behind this is that, you know, Frieza, he's named after freezers, but he is actually more thinking of, like, a refrigerator. Like, the idea is that Frieza's a refrigerator, and then all of his henchmen are things you put in a refrigerator. <laughs> okay. It's good logic. I like yeah. the pictures that they show on that. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I should note, 
that like the print quality on these books is really good. Like all the images are very, very sharp. Oh yeah, very nice. Like it's small, but it looks good. And then they ask him on like design motives, and he says like, you know, Namekians, they're based off snails, because that's where their name comes from. Cells based off bugs, that's not too good. Nothing really too important there. And so then finally we get to, um, Toriyama is asked what Mr. Satan's real name is. Because, <laughs> because like in um, Forever, I think it was, like there's a name pun guy in, in Forever. And Toriyama said like, when he was explaining Satan's name, he said, you know, this actually is just his ring name. And I think that his um, real name is actually something different. But he kept it a mystery until today. And by today, I mean whenever this book came out (laughs) several weeks ago. Anyway, so he says that Mr. Sane's real name is... Should we get a drum roll or... Yeah, I'll insert a drum roll. The power (laughs) of podcasting. Mark. Okay, so this is a pun on Akuma which is Japanese for devil, basically. And so if you take Akuma and you rearrange it, you get, like, ma-ak. And then if you rewrite that, you get ma, like, then a lengthening stroke, ku, like, mak. And that is how the Japanese write mark, like, the not English, the name mark. The name mark, right. Yeah, that almost sounds to some people like, oh, that's kind of a stretch. I don't know if you really get that. You think about other names like tadasu, which comes from retasu. It's yeah. the same thing. You rearrange the syllables and you either elong or... D-long, a syllable sound. and long <laughs> D-long. Shorten. And you have the name. So, I mean, there is precedent for this kind of rearranging. It's not really just out of the left field. Well, most importantly, there's Videl, who's just devil rearranged. Right. So it actually makes sense. Of course, the difference is that Mark is a real name in the world, whereas Videl is just... <laughs> One of the you few, know. if only, names I can think of in the series that's based in reality. Yeah. And actually, uh, I guess uh, Torema's used this pun before at Tobal number to the video game. Oh, I've got Tobal 2. I was actually just playing it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I've never played it, though. I think it was um, uh, on the forums. Olivier... Uh, I can't say his name. Olivier Haig? He was the one who pointed out. Gotcha. So, credit to him. And his real name is Mark. Excellent. And I not, love it. Um, Hercule Perot. <laughs> you just had to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess if you're explaining you it, it, you have to say it. So. Oh, and it fine. says that they're That's a different thing, though. It's okay. not a Hercule Perot story. <laughs> I don't remember. Who was it again? The murder on the Orient. Well, he was in a lot, but the murder on yeah. the Orient Express and things like that. Oh, okay, okay. But right. you're thinking because, and then there were none. Is an, another Agatha Christie mystery, right? Oh, oh, okay. it, was a, it was just an Agatha Christie character. He was in like oh four or five different novels. Yes, yeah. But so Dragon Ball. Um. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. Let me interrupt you. I actually read a crap ton of Agatha Christie novels when I was a kid. So this is totally not going over my head for once. I actually know what we're all talking about. So I'm going to throw that out there. Anyway, so, anyway, uh, Toriyama says that in the region where Mr. Satan and Videl are from, there's no, people don't have family names, or it says, like, they're not split off. So his name is just Mark, not Mark Satan or any other thing. All right. Just a name. Good That's deal. a nice cop-out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's in keeping with most of the other characters. I mean, who has 
last who has family names in the series. Son Goku. Besides that's about Goku. it. <laughs> yeah. And even that's not really his name. He kind of inherited that from someone. Yeah. Eh, or just randomly assigned it by his adoptive parent. <laughs> All right. So what else? Is there any other neat stuff in this book? I mean, that's kind of oh, a yeah. big tidbit. Well, I think that's one. But then there's the other. There's the whole thing on like the universe that Torma talks about and the Kaio. Okay. Like he says, you know, they have that map of the Dragon Ball cosmos. I don't know what you'd call it. Like the multiverse kind of thing. Right. It's this giant and he originally drew this for the anime, for the use of the, in the Anoyo Ichibudo Kai arc. Like, they wanted to know what it looked like, the whole, how the afterlife and the universe fit together, and so he drew this up. And then later, he came up with the Kaioshin, and so he included their little realm separate, too. And so then it was printed in Daisenshu 4, and kind of reprinted in a bunch of other different things. And so you can probably find a picture of this on the internet without too much effort, but essentially the Dragon Ball universe is a giant gashopun ball. Yes. Like it's this, clear, this giant ball, and the top is clear, and on top is where the afterlife is, and then on the bottom is the universe, and then outside of the, that whole thing is the Kaioshin realm, which is like, it's off on its own, like a moon, basically. Right. It just revolves around the other thing. And the explanation for that is, well, they have to watch over all of that, like the afterlife and the universe, so they have to be separate from that. And then at the very bottom is the demon realm. Toriyama says that he came up with this because it's easy to understand for him and his, both him and the reader. It's like, it's easy to keep track of, more or less. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it would be, see, if, you know, he explained it at some point during the series other than for a random filler arc. Yeah. But he adds that in the universe, like in the big ball of the universe, there are th- uh, beings, or maybe just a being, known as the Makaioshin, who are the antithesis of the Kaioshin. And so this is, I mean, this word Makaioshin, it's basically just Kaioshin with Ma, demon, right. tacked Which is on. The same, yeah, the same Ma we've had throughout the entire series. But it means, like, you know, Makai is also the name for the demon realm where Dabra is from. Right. And so the idea is that they're basically the rulers of the demon realm where Dabra is from. And they rule over evil, and they're basically like the if the Kaioshin are God, then they're the devil, basically. Is Interesting. more or less what he's saying. And so, obviously, these people, this is the kind of debate. They're ne- this term is never used in the series itself. But there is Dabra, who's from the demon realm, and is called the king of the demon realm. Right. And, you know, Makai no O versus Makayo. Right. So it's like, is he a Makayo or Makayo Shin? Oh, and later on, Toriyama mentions they're both Makayo and Makayo Shin. Like, oh, is geez. he one of them? <laughs> right. So which level of kingliness is he? Well, I mean, it's said in, like, Kaioshin says Dabra's the strongest in the demon realm. And so, like, there's all this interpretation, like, well, if he's the strongest, if he was a Kaioshin, Makaioshin, he'd be, you know, he'd be a Makaioshin, not a Kaio, because they're the top. Right. But then, why wouldn't Kaioshin refer to him by, as a, why wouldn't he give him, why wouldn't he say, oh, that's, he's a Makaioshin? Well, I guess the answer is because Toriyama hadn't thought of it at that point, but... Exactly, but we can't. <laughs> but, or it could be, like, he could just be, like, a random guy. Like, all Kaioshin says is he's just the guy who's the strongest. So maybe he's, like, Goku and everyone else is, or, like, Frieza was, where he's just some random guy who happens to be stronger than the people who are supposed to be the gods. You know, going with that, he could just be someone like Kibito, who is a Kaioshin-esque character, but seems to just be a servant. Yeah. But then, if we're calling him, like, the king of the demon lords, I almost think of him as someone, like, the opposite of Dai Kaioshin. Uh, I don't know. But then again, there's nothing to go on, other than very loose yeah. information from Toriyama. Anyway, so speaking of the Kaio and the Kaioshin, Toriyama explains where these people come from. And so he says that somewhere within the universe, well, the I still don't know what to call this, like the 
big ball that contains the afterlife and the universe. <laughs> right, right. Somewhere in there is a planet called Kaishin. Kaishin say, so planet Kaishin, and Kai means world, and then Shin is actually the character, not for God, but for like a core. Okay. So it's like planet world core. And it's also like the character you'd use for like an apple core. All right. Which is, so on this planet is a, this is the thing, like there's no plural in Japanese, more or less. So we don't know, like with the Kai Makaioshin, we don't know if there's supposed to be more, multiple of them. And then here it says, like on planet Kaishin is a tree or trees called the Kaiju, which are the world trees. Or trees. But anyway, from the, I'll just assume there's only one. But anyway, it's a gigantic tree, and then fruit grows on it, and then the Kaio are born from this as Shinjin, it says, like core people, or pit people. Like fruit pit people, basically. Wow, this is getting really weird. <laughs> okay, and so, this is the thing, like, Shinjin is, is basically the term for the race that the Kaio come from. Like, just as... Alright, I'm following you. Know, like, you. I gotcha. That dog guy who's king of the earth, he's the... That's his... King of the earth is his title. Right. But he's actually an earthling. Right. And so, similarly, like with Kaio, like North Kaio, North Kaio's his title and his race would be Shinjin. Okay. So there's this race called the Shinjin, and they live on this planet called Kaishin, and there's about 80 of them total. And they don't have, they have no gender, which seemingly contradicts the anime filler. Right, where, where we have male the female Kaya. But it could be they just look female, maybe. I don't know. True, true. And then it says their average life ex- lifespan is 75 million years. 75,000 years. Well, okay, that's a difference, but still pretty long. Which also, well, that's the thing. Um, in Dyson 7, it says, like, Elder Kaioshin was sealed away 75 million years ago. Oh, all right. So it's like, I guess the Kaioshin live longer than the Kaio. Okay, that's fine. They're allowed to. <laughs> They're, they're higher they're up on the chain. Up. Exactly. And so, yes, the Kaio are born from a regular fruit from the Kaiju tree. And then the Kaioshin are born from, like, this special golden fruit that's extremely rare. And so... Oh. I love how Toriyama's just sitting back making <laughs> shit up and publishing books. Yes. <laughs> yes. Have, have you seen good money the, off this. Wait, have you seen that more? illustration in the book? I, I have. I haven't looked at it for a while. <laughs> It's priceless. It's just a, a regular apple with an arrow, and then it shows a kaio, and then there's a little apple that's like all golden with sparkles around, and then there's an arrow, and it shows kaioshin. <laughs> okay, so, like, on this planet, all these shinjin, who aren't really kai or kaioshin yet, they all hang out on this planet, and they says they live in peace and whatnot, and they all study various things at this castle that's kind of like a school. And then... Whenever an existing Kai or Kaioshin dies, they hold a lottery to decide who will take their place. Like, not really, I guess it's not based on, you know, merit or anything. They just pick people at random to decide who's <laughs> going to be the next god of a fourth of all existence. And of course, we did have a Kaio that died, and yet nothing seemed to come of that. Although, he do- we don't see him do any North Kaio. We just see him hang out. Right. Like, after he dies, he just hangs out in heaven. That's true. There may be someone actually taking over his job. Yeah. You know, he, he does seem to spend a lot more time watching over Goku in the Boo arc than previously. Like, in where he's seen, actually, just watching what's happened, along, what, watching what's going on along with everyone else. Where in the Cell arc, he's like, you know, Goku stops by and he's like, you know, all these terrible things are happening to ours. He's like, really? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. So it doesn't really contradict anything, because he could just be off watching Goku, and we have a new North Kaio that no one really talks about. Anyway, and then it says, among the Shinjin, there are occasionally, like, uh, delinquents. 
basically, ah. who are evil. And it says that they go to the Makayo. And it's kind of weird. It doesn't really say that they become Makayo. It just says that they go to where they are. Toriyama didn't think this one through far enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he they did just that hang a out lot of things. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's the theogony of the Dragon Ball. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, here we are so many years later. GT's been over for, what, like 15 years now? Or I don't even know. 12, 13. 80 years. 80 years. It's been over for 75,000 years. <laughs> and here we are with Toriyama just crapping out information. And I guess we take it as gospel. It came from him. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, he just made it up on the fly. Oh, he totally did. No thought to <laughs> this whatsoever. question. He's just like, oh, shit. Um, so, so yeah, they came from, from some apple. apples. And uh, <laughs> what else are you people going to buy? <laughs> it explains the Garden of Eden story, though. It's like, oh, you ate you ate all the fruit that was going to be the next gods. <laughs> Out you go. One more thing. like That does sort of explain like why there aren't we don't see any why why Kaioshin hasn't replaced all the ones who got killed or absorbed by Boo. Like it says that the golden fruit that the Shinjin who qualifies being Kaioshin are born from are very rare, so apparently new ones haven't grown in the last five million years. Gotcha, you get a wait for them. Okay, that makes sense. I like Senzu. It makes as much sense as anything else. <laughs> the only they only grow when the plot requires them. Exactly. The plot Precisely. doesn't seem to need new Kai or Kaioshin. Yeah. Then, okay, then next question. Torama is asked, um, like, what's it like to touch a Dragon Ball? And he says it's like touching resin. And he says that, like, if you puncture, like, a Dragon Ball, like, you know, with Yajirobe, he made a, a necklace out of it. Right. Once, you know, once a wish is granted and they t- turn into rocks and then eventually back into Dragon Balls, then they're being good as new. So they, they regenerate when they right. do that. Hey, I, I buy it. Makes sense. Yeah. And then, oh, here's an interesting one. He's asked how much zenny are worth, like how much yen. And he says that, again, to make it easier to understand, he basically made them about the same as yen, <laughs> which is about so about as, about as much as a penny. Well, it was. it was worth less at the time, but... Yeah. True, but true. Just, it's been a few years. Has, it even says, like, one zenny equals about one yen. And so, it says a standard hoi poi capsule is about... Um, 2,000 yen? Something yeah, like something that. Like 20 that. bucks for a capsule. Oh, wait. Oh, here it is. Damn it. Oh, okay. 20,000 yen. 20,000 yen. Oh, more like it. Oh. Mon and... And yep. then... So, all that stuff. Okay. Moving on. Oh, he has asked... Um, like how Namekians can absorb, how they get nutrients from water, and says, well, they have a special enzyme. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I like I that nice short answer there. They run on hydrogen it's moderately longer in the text, but right, that's basically right. it. I just expect him, like, people, someone to ask him a question, he'd be like, well, you have to reverse the polarity flow, or, you know, it's all just, just non, nondescript kind of things. But, okay, so they have an enzyme that does it, and he says, incidentally, he has a lot of, like, people ask him a question, then they're answered, and then go off on this tangent. Right. Seems to do that a lot in these Q&As, but... Okay, he says that the trees on Namek, like the Ajisa trees, mm-hmm. they're named after Ajisai, like hydrangea bushes, which apparently the logic, he says, like, slugs like hydrangea. I can't even, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Hydrangea? Hydrangea. hydrangea. should know this. This is English. <laughs> yeah, you're in Japan. It's fine. You're allowed to forget your language. Anyway, so he says apparently snails like hydrangea. I forgot already. They like those bushes. Which I've never heard of, and it's not on Wikipedia, so it must be false. <laughs> really? I don't know. Have you have you ever heard anything about that? Like snails? Like nope. Oh, well. Anyway, so that's another name pun we know now, at least. Oni asks, um, 
like how science like if they're young or to, like are they always young and so like in the series like in the second last chapter or something like i think bulma says like oh bulma asks like why goku and vegeta never seem to change and vegeta Vegeta says, like, well, as a fighting race, the Saiyans have very long use. But here it says, like, kind of expand on that. Trayama says, like, well, they have they have extensively, their youth is longer than humans, but the lifespan is about the same. Which means that they reach a certain age, and then they just age really rapidly from then on out. Oh, wow, all right. Just kind of, kind of a creepy idea. <laughs> that is really, really weird. Uh, that would suck. <laughs> and he actually says... Incidentally, another again, one. Another, it's, <laughs> he says, like, their hairstyles can in fact change, which seems to contradict what Vegeta says at one point in the series, but whatever. Right. But then and he says that. GT. Because, well, Toriyama did actually do the design for Vegeta with a mustache. Right. But anyway, so Toriyama says that Nappa just went bald. Because that's been kind of a lot of... Someone was actually asking about this on the forums, like, just today, There was a thread just today on it, yeah. Yeah, like, what, what's with Vegeta... Or, what's with Nappa's hair? Like, because in the Bardock special, he has a little eggplant right, hair. Right, And then in the present, he's bald, so... I guess they can go bald, Toriyama says. And someone requested this. I did put up scans of it. I have a doujinshi about uh, Nappa and Vegeta. And it's just Ouch. scenes of Vegeta as a child jumping on top of Nappa and just ripping his hair out. And <laughs> so that's what happened. I saw that. Right? And then let's see. Okay, so next question is like... How many planets did Frieza and Co. have? And he says, like, about a hundred, or, like, hundreds, he thinks. I love how Torino says, like, he thinks when people ask him these questions. <laughs> like, he doesn't... It's like, what do you mean you think? Well, it's a great way not to commit to an answer. That's true. He's asked kind of about the organization of their, like, the whole Frieza gang. Right. And he says, like, like the science, like, from ancient times, they'd always, they'd attack planets and just steal, they'd basically just go around looting planets. Then Frieza and co. basically just keep them under control by sheer force. So, it's not, what he ultimately says, it's not like an, this organization they have, it's not like a, like a company, it's more a looser thing. Right. And see, Torima's asked, like, what techniques from the series he'd like to use, and he says, Bukujutsu and teleportation, Shunkanido, basically because it'd be fun. <laughs> I'm with him on that, fly around teleport places good answers and then like shunkanido it's very convenient so and then finally he's asked like if you were to think of a new technique for goku what would it be and he says well if i had an idea for that i probably would have done it during serialization like when the series was going on i would have used it so he doesn't answer the question i guess the answer is no he doesn't <laughs> okay but he doesn't commit to that answer, so that's fine. Nope. All right, so I kind of want to ask the big question of everyone here. You know, we've talked about it. These are recent books. They just came out this year. They're completely in Japanese. We, of course, have people on the show who can speak and read Japanese. Fujio, who randomly joined us mostly halfway through the episode. I will, so I have no idea what you talked about. <laughs> I will ask you, are, are these a good purchase? And if so, for whom? Um, I'll say for me, they're a good purchase. Okay. Um, if anybody wants to pick them up, I, I think they're well worth it. They're, if anything, there's a lot of pictures throughout, most of which everyone's probably already seen right. a million times. Right. A lot of the material is just recycled from all the other guides. Uh, we get a couple nice Easter eggs in here every once in a while with new little tidbits of information. If you want to get them, I say go ahead and pick them up. They're still in print. They're only like $6, you know, US. So it's not like you're breaking the bank a whole lot trying to find like a Dysenshu that's out of print. Right. But 
So uh, if you want them, I say go ahead and pick them up. If you already own, say, Landmark and Forever, you're not really going to get a whole lot that's new. That would be my only thing. Okay. Otherwise, I like them. I like them. They're, they're a good buy. Mary, let me ask you. Um, That I'm... pretty much just summed up everything I was going to say. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I am in complete agreement in every respect. All right. Julian, how about you, then? Um. Yeah, that that sounds like a pretty good buy. I, I don't know. I'll pick it up eventually, I guess. Sweet. I win. <laughs> what? All right, Herms, what do you think? Same thing, oh, six dear. bucks, well, cheap. I guess, but I guess I should add that we just basically told everything that <laughs> right. was new. So <laughs> if you've listened this far, you now have no reason to buy them. <laughs> Other than the sure. pictures, like the picture of the shining yeah. apple. But there's stickers in the front. The truth, true. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. Well, we'll, we'll save it. That can, that can be a special for people when they pick them up. They'd be surprised with the stickers. And the posters go together. Ah, oh, very yeah. nice. True, true. Like, from each volume, they have half a big poster in them, so you can combine them. Excellent. Because that's how we first learned that there was going to be a second volume. <laughs> right, because yeah, there was... <laughs> These were so funny. They just popped up out of nowhere, at least that first one. And then we're like, is yeah. there another one? Like, Shueisha didn't even put it on their website until like a week before it was supposed to be released. Oh, I know, I know. It's like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> and I was waiting for the second one. We knew there was going to be a second one before I ordered them. And I think it was just mere days before it came out that Amazon Japan finally had a listing for it for me to order the damn things. So, I don't know if these were last yeah, minute and Toriyama was still working on those Q&As, but... Just thrown together. Alright, well, there you go. Uh, I'm I'm officially concluding this conversation because we've basically spoiled the books and given no, no reason to throw you six bucks at them. But if you are interested in them, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show. We're having a contest. It starts this episode. We are giving away both of the books, courtesy of her buddy Tanuki Kuribo. So stay tuned for a couple more minutes into the show. We'll tell you all about it. But in the meantime, it's basically the end of the month. So let's do whatever's left in May. So I don't think there's anything left in May. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're okay, then. Past everything. <laughs> we just had so, uh, Dragon Soul come out this week and some Spanish DVDs, and we're looking at uh, some more Spanish DVDs next month and the Kai ending. Um, All right. Anyone? Well, that's it for releases, folks. <laughs> okay, releases are done. Let's do emails. <laughs> Julian, because uh, you made a joke that is cut off of the episode recording for what people will hear, you get to read the first email. Okay, so this next email comes to us from Inagada de Vida, and it is not 17 minutes and 5 seconds long. <laughs> he makes the joke anyway. He says, Hey, Mike, Mary, and Julian, Inagada de Vida here. I've been a secret fan of the podcast ever since my initial harsh criticisms many months ago. By the way, I apologize for that. You're forgiven. And I wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts are on the new addition to the Sparking series. By that I mean, what kind of gameplay character or stage additions would you like to see in order to renew your interest in the dying franchise that is Dragon Ball fighting games? Mary, take it away! Um, adding stuff would only make me more angry. I would like to see them remove stuff. Actually, no, they shouldn't remove stages. They need a lot more stages. Yeah, I felt the same way. And more outfits. More I'm a outfits? sucker for outfits. Okay. And that would be pretty much it. Less okay. characters, more stages, and outfits. Okay. Julian. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have that much bearing on me. I suppose I'd be more open to new video games only because I haven't really played any of the other ones. So. Right, so you don't have the uh, the baggage and the jadedness that I'm going into this with. Right. All right. So I say, what do I want to see in new Dragon Ball fighting games? More fighting? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ugeo, what do you think? Um, I don't really play a whole lot of fighting games. 
I'd like to see a little more RPGs, but that's just me. But I'll go with Mary. I'd, I'd like to see some more outfits. All right, we're up to Herms. What do you think? I want them to get rid of those stupid invisible walls. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you on this. This is a big thing people are talking about in you know the new form thread for this game is we're up to, they're no longer next-gen systems. I mean, they're current generation, but we have the capabilities for much larger stages. I mean, Sparking Meteor, they were decently sized, but they can make them a lot bigger. I'm going to branch off of that and say what I want, Mary, I agree with you, more stages. Um, outfits are great, too. Scale back the characters. We Honestly, we don't need a pool to be playable. It's just the same as everyone else. You don't want to have 50 playable characters? That would be scaling <laughs> no, I it want... back. <laughs> I want it back to 12 or 16. You don't want to also... you have lots of playable characters if they have unique attributes and attacks. But That's right. true. I, I, want, I, I agree. Bigger stages, more interactions with them, other than just destroying the buildings. Make them have some sort of reason for being destroyed. We did have a screenshot. It seemed kind of, to me, like a play upon that scene where it's Majin Vegeta versus Goku, where he uh, knocks him into the mountain and then kind of puts a handcuff things on him and slaps him in the face. It looked similar to that where he was being knocked into side of the mountain. So I'm hoping there's some more interaction in that respect. Uh, but I don't want it as distracting as those cutscenes were in Burst Limit. So I'm not entirely sure. I want to see where this game is going to go and how it's going to be handled because I can't really form any thoughts. Sparking Meteor, that was the game where I didn't even finish unlocking the characters. I still had two to go. I think it was Future Gohan and maybe Chi Chi. I can't remember. And that's the first game since the new resurgence in like 2001 that I didn't finish. That's where I am on that. Uh, hey, Hujia, why don't you read an email? All right, this one's from Lewis. Hello, Daisenshu. I'm a new listener to the podcast, and I'm not sure how all this works, but I hope I've sent this to the right email address. So if it's it's on here, I assume he did. <laughs> <laughs> they got it right. Good deal. The link below is an interview with James Marsters from Dragon Ball Evolution. It's a YouTube link. And James Marsters says that a sequel was planned. Hope that's new news to you or a podcast. And fingers crossed my message will be mentioned. Smiley face. Your message has been mentioned. <laughs> we did see a lot of this with James Marsters, and I think even Justin Chatwin, maybe some of the others, where they are signed on for sequels. It's very vague, but it seems like if the sequels are going to be made, they agree to do them, and they will do them. But it doesn't sound like there's necessarily 100% going to be a sequel. Aren't they going to have to uh, almost guarantee that they're going to make some sort of profit on a sequel? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> One thing that comes into my mind is that, you know, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, ended on a sequel hook, too. It sure did. Look where that got us. <laughs> I really liked that movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? And I only saw it recently. I, I don't remember which podcast I've told this on, but I, I never saw it in theaters, and I did see it as a child on Telemundo in Spanish, but <laughs> I'd never seen the entire thing in English, and it was only a couple months ago. I think I might have been sick with a cold or something that I finally watched it, and I really enjoyed it. It's a, okay. It was the drugs, man. <laughs> it was you didn't actually drugs. enjoy no, it. I really, I really enjoyed it. It's I thought always it was the good. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a decent movie if you ignore the fact that it's supposed to be about Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Oh, I thought it was wonderful. So, uh, yeah, this, if there's going to be a sequel, it sounds like most of the cast will be on. Hey, we had Piccolo in bed getting nursed back to health, so... Uh, so naturally, he won't be... In. Naturally, he won't be in the next movie, then. <laughs> he's, he's busy sleeping, getting better. <laughs> right. 
Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Lewis. I will read the uh, last email here we're going to do. This one comes to us from Joshua. Joshua says, I have a question about Vegeta. Throughout the series, Vegeta always referred to himself as the Prince of the Saiyans. As you can probably tell, I don't watch the dub where it's the Prince of all Saiyans. What I find weird about that is that if Vegeta's father, King Vegeta, and all his possible older brothers died when Planet Vegeta was blown up by Frieza, wouldn't that make Vegeta the King of the Saiyans? Well, I guess since Frieza had control over the remaining Saiyans, Technically, the title of King of the Saiyans would no longer exist, but I would think someone as arrogant and proud as Vegeta would rather call himself what he should have been called rather than something inferior to it. So why did Toriyama choose this? You know, I kind of always thought that too. Strange as it may be. It's like, yeah, you think he'd go running around calling himself the king the first chance he'd get. But he doesn't have a throne. His planet's blown up, so he's only the prince or something. I I think there's something cooler about prince than king. Like, with the Joker, he's the crown prince of crime, not the crown king of crime. Well, he's the like clown Satan. prince of crime. Even though that has alliteration. Clown. But then, or like Satan is the prince of darkness, not the king of darkness. Very interesting. I don't know. I, I guess prince does sound cooler than king in some respect. Maybe it's to make him equal to maybe someone like Frieza, where Frieza has a king above him. They're kind of on equal ground as princes. Mm. Uh, probably not. <laughs> Because yeah, he hadn't. Uh, have... How how is that any different than the Toriyama answer? Come on. Because <laughs> you're not Toriyama. Exactly. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Hubris. All right. So we didn't answer your question, Joshua, but uh, we've at least uh, raised more know, questions. Acknowledged. <laughs> we, we said exactly. we talked a lot, so that counts for something. We, we did talk about it, and that was something. Mary, if people have questions that they would like to send us that we talk about, <laughs> not necessarily answer, but no. we will talk at it. Yes. Um, send your emails to pod. Podcast at dizex.com. That's P O D C A S T at D A I Z E X.com. All right, thank you. With the emails done, it's time for a super exciting contest. All right, so we are doing a random drawing contest for the two books here, but there's a hook to it. I like to do this with our contest. Sure, it's random drawing, but we like to give you an extra chance, an extra entry if you do something special. So we already talked about this terms. You described how Mr. Satan has a real name, a true name, where it's Mark, uh, Akuma. We, we talked about it. You know what this is. So here's what I want you to do. If you want a second entry in the contest, you need to make a pun for his wife, Videl's mother. We have devils, we have demons, whatever you want to do here, come up with some kind of interesting name pun. You want to do one entry? That's fine. You just send it to contest at dizx.com. If you include this name pun in here, it's going to count as two entries for you. I'm going to put someone on the spot. Julian. Hello? Come up with something on the spot. How, what would you make for a random name pun for Videl's mom, Mr. Satan's wife? Hmm. Betty, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, wh- wh- whatever it is, you're sending them in. Send in your entries, like I said, contest at dizex.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. You got about two weeks on these. I want these by June 5th at 12 noon Eastern time. Like I said, if you just send an email by itself, just throw your name in there. That's one entry. If you go the extra mile here and include a name pun for Mr. Satan's wife, Fidel's mother, that will count as two entries. The cats are very excited about this contest. They're running all over the place in the background. June 5th, 12 noon. So, that ends the episode. It was wonderful to join forces with Kanzen Shuiex yet again. Yes. It's a fusion of all eternity. Got time. <laughs> internet. <laughs> it's a glorious fusion. 
more powerful than Vegito. No offense. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to say goodbye to Hugio first, but we have to say, dude, happy birthday. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Happy birthday. I, I didn't know if anybody knew. <laughs> oh, it's the internet. We know everything. Oh, that's true. Especially when I post it online. Exactly. <laughs> on your social security, too. No worries. It's all good. Well, uh, hey, thanks for joining us halfway through because you happen to be around. Oh, no problem. I, you know, uh, my wife took me out to dinner, so we got home, and uh, I hopped on the computer, and I was like, holy shit, everyone's online. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was about it. All right. Well, uh, okay. why don't you plug so, your site? Well, first, thanks for having me. And uh, if anyone wants to send me birthday presents, <laughs> I am wide open. I didn't plan on plugging this. I was going to let Jake do it. All right. But, don't plug uh, it then. Fine. Yeah, there you we'll go. Get you. Get that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on over to the Herms. Okay. Oh, I don't want to plug this suit. All right. Fine. Moving on. Julian. No, no, no. Wait, right. Right, but I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> www.kanzntai.com. That's konzentai.com. I, I, I totally have to play the annoying fanboy here because I've seen you get oh this. And I love, I love that you guys are being subjected to this now because it makes me feel all tickly on the inside that I have to watch other people squirm because of it. When's the next Kai episode going up on your site? Why isn't it done yet? <laughs> I love getting those emails. <laughs> um, Dude, actually, you're right like two I, weeks I, behind now. Come on. I, I had um, life no. things happening, no. but I know I'm not Dragon supposed Ball. to have one. Come on. Uh, Kai episode six should actually be up either tonight after recording or sometime tomorrow. And then seven will probably be up sometime next week, and then we'll get working on eight. And so hopefully next week we'll be right back on schedule and uh, people can complain more at that time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a never-ending thing, I guess. It is. Welcome to the internet. All right. Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's robotic again. (laughs) God damn it. He's just celebrating the Terminator movie in his own special way. You're almost talking in double voice. I have to say, that sounds so cool. It does. I'm going to leave this one in. He's done. Oh, God. Julian, goodbye. Goodbye. It was great having you again. I can't wait until you listen to this and you will lose your. If you could do a, uh, if you could do a techno remix to that. <laughs> oh no, no more! <laughs> oh God, Julian, stop talking, please. Um, Mary. Hello. Hey. Hey. You're on the local microphone. There's gonna be no problems. With I you. hope not. Hey, um, where's your site? It's in transition right now. I can always plug Konzentai. <laughs> no, we've done that before. I can do it yes, again. Yes. I mean, it's an awesome site. Go, so. go for it. You can find Konzentai <laughs> at Konzentai.com. I can't spell, <laughs> I can't spell it off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm just saying Temple of Trunks because, you know, I've been typing it for years. That, that's the thing. Con- like, you don't actually know how to spell it. K-A-N-Z-E-N-T-A-I.com. <laughs> so many people are like, is your website down? I can't get to it. It's K-A-Z-E-N-T-A-I.com, right? <laughs> There's two. Two ends, people. I'm actually thinking about putting in uh, a word filter on the site because I've seen so many people type Kazentai without that first end. <laughs> oh, Julian's sort of normal again. Oh, hey. Woo, he's not a robot. Perfect. Julian, I will... Yeah, but I have to go soon. I'll, well, that's fine. We're done. I will let you send us off here. Where can you find Daizenshu EX? You can find Daizenshu EX on the internet at www.daizex.com. 
That's D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. So coming in the future, we've got the review of the Jump Anime Tour DVD as soon as Julian mails it to me. We're going to have the Dragon Ball Evolution PSP review. We've got CD single reviews. It's going to be like a total month We're of stuck in review reviews. hell. And then eventually the manga review of awesomeness. I know. Awesome. We're going to try to get back into the swing of things in June, first week of the month, with the manga reviews awesomeness. I think that would be like next week. Uh, no, I think it's the week, week after, after. that. Oh, yeah. okay. The last day. Of the month. A little bit of time. Sunday. Okay. I think we're up to volume 27. I can't remember. Yeah. I love how you know better That's than right. I do. Excellent. Because I'm waiting for you to finish the Frieza stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's right, because we're going to talk power levels when we're done with that. And I said we'd be Hurry done up, by now. Mike. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> are you done yet? Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of no life, being right? done with things, I shared this on Twitter, but there's a, a hilarious Google referral that I saw in our website. Yes. <laughs> I saw that. I was actually going to mention and it. There's no punctuation in it, but the way that they found Daisenju EX by typing in the Google, Dragon Ball Online won't come out. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hitting the keys uh, on the keyboard, but Dragon Ball Online won't come it out. It just won't come out. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, so that's the end of the show. It was great having everyone. I like the gangs all back together. So that was 176. We'll check it back next week with 177. We'll have a new tune of the week. We'll have uh, some type of review. I haven't decided yet. Hopefully the Dragon Soul CD single will be in. I know it did ship. So look forward to that. We'll actually have two concurrent contests running. You get two weeks to do the super exciting guides. And then next week we'll start up the Dragon Soul one as well. We'll give away the limited edition of that. Thanks to donations. So for Hoogio and Herm some kind. Thousand tie. Woohoo! Yay! Go <laughs> us! <are> so excited! <laughs> We're super excited. Four. There we go. Mary from. <laughs> Nowhere. Constantine. <laughs> Mary from, Mary from Limbo. You know, uh, someday I'm going to go there and see the Mary update of the site and get really upset. Hey, you never ever formally invited me to ever you be a part of your site. Asked for Julian. Oh, burn. Hey. For all of these awesome guys, these super exciting guys and gals, my name is Mike with GWEX. Julian, send us off. Daisenshu EX to Kanzentai no podcast today. Ma, Kimi, Mina, Kitakurasate, Arigato. ね、じゃあ次回もお楽しみに。